Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, Yoga Revealed podcast. This is Alec Michal Rubin, and I am so grateful to be present with you today. Welcome to 2021. We did it. Yoga is a guiding light for all of us. And it is my honor and absolute blessing to host Yoga Revealed podcast with Mr. Seeley during these wild times that we live in, which are really times filled with opportunities to be the best version, to become the best version of ourselves. And our yoga helps us be just that. Today, I am so excited to introduce to you my brother, Jesse Cassidy of The Grateful Yoga. Check him out on Instagram, at The Grateful Yoga. Tune in to this sweet conversation with this brother on today's episode of the Yoga Revealed Podcast. We dive into teachership and studentship and just the essence of how love is not fragile and what kind of value having a yoga practice brings into our life and so much more. I'm excited for you and I to tune in here and now. Namaste Yoga Revealed podcast. So grateful to be here. Happy 2021. Wow, what a journey. We made it. You made it. Congratulations. This is Alec Bashal Rubin, and I am so fortunate, privileged, blessed, feeling abundant to be alive on the planet right now in this body, in this heart, in Boulder, Colorado. And I'm excited to be on Zoom with a sweet brother who I've reconnected with just over the last few weeks, who I've been watching and I've known for several years, who I met at Wanderlust. I got my brother, Jesse, with The Grateful Yoga. He's The Grateful Yoga Man. And we're not just talking about, you know, gratefulness in the heart, like gratitude is the right attitude, but, you know, it's The Grateful Dead. I'm going to let him just introduce himself a little bit. And I'm just excited to have this beautiful, sweet brother. He's a humble 
humble man. He's been on the yoga path for many years. He, to me, he embodies the student teacher relationship in such a profound way from the seat of student and also from the seat of the teacher. And I feel that that is something that has um, not necessarily been lost, but, but I will say that it is not something that I have seen as abundantly present in all of the humans that I know that teach yoga and practice yoga, the seek, seeking for the teacher and, and, and holding the, the desire to continually learning from someone else is just so critical. And I see that so much in you, Jesse. So Jesse, thanks for, for joining me on Yoga Revealed today and, and happy to be here with you, brother. Namaste. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's a treat, man. It's such an honor to be on here with you. I love it, man. I love it. So, you know, the first question we always ask is, I always ask is, how did yoga first reveal itself to you in, in your life? Oh, gosh. Um, it was, I think, I think like two days after I turned 19 years old. Um, just out mountain biking with a friend and we had done the trail the day before and flying through it and just feeling really good about it. And the next day, um, same trail, I, uh, I got caught on a tree and thrown from my bike and impaled by another tree, a tree stump, like went through my spine. Miss, I'm sorry, I misspoke, missed my spine by less than eight inch. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so, so lucky. Um, but there was this like big gaping hole and, uh, anyway, that, that led to me being immobilized for a while, um, through the healing process. And, and during that time I, I got into meditation, my, my folks actually, um, such a sweet job facilitating my Dharma, um, mm. got me a book on meditation called Zen mind, beginner mind. Um, and that was really, I think where it all started. So, um, in that time when I was healing from the accident and getting into meditation, I was also dealing with some other uh, personal life stuff, depression, addiction, and, and things along those lines. And um, when I could finally start like getting around on my own again, I was in a ton of pain and knew that I needed to get off the, the painkillers that I was on to deal with um, this accident. And a friend just dragged me to a yoga class. And I think I had one of the most humbling experiences in my life in that first class. Um, so I was really used to being like active and, um, and I went in there and I could barely move. And, and it was, I was just surrounded by the most beautiful, graceful people in the world that, that maybe had done yoga once or twice before. <laughs> um, and, and I think in, in that I, I started to feel a lot of healing and a lot of growth and, um, yeah, that was, that was the very beginning of the yoga. Mm. Mm. that's beautiful man and when when you found that like when you found that yoga was introduced to your life how many years ago was that uh like nine, 18 or 19 years ago 18 or 19 years ago coming up on two decades so you know 
how, how did you find the, what was the journey like into being like, okay, this is something that I, like, why did you want to pursue yoga? You know, it, it's so sweet to me when people are, are hitting me up and, and, and wanting to get involved in yoga for the first time. And, you know, nowadays you, we can find yoga on YouTube, you know, there's an abundant of free classes here and there. And, you know, in every city, there's a yoga studio 20 years ago, maybe it wasn't as radically accessible as it is now right so i'm curious for you like you've been practicing longer than i have i love that i'm, I'm inspired by that i look up to that How, what was it that you were like i want to continue doing i want to pursue i don't want to just continue doing this i want to pursue this wow um gosh there's so much to that <laughs> there's so much to that question um i i think the first part is i i loved literature. I love to read. And I, I think I found, um, like I had alluded to with some depression and, and addiction, some other disorders early on in, in my teenage years. And, and before that, um, I found a lot of like, uh, um, comfort in reading and mm. a lot of the things that I could relate to and made me feel at home at the time were, were, you know, filled with teenage angst. Um, cause that's, that's where I was at in my life. And when yoga and meditation came in, I, I still got to really love what I loved about reading, but I was just learning in a, a more practical, more relatable way as I was starting to have these humbling experiences. And I was already in school to be a school teacher. Um, and before, before college, I was, uh, I had tutored and coached and mentored. And so really anytime I, I learned anything, I loved sharing it. Like I loved mm -hmm. swimming growing up. So I, I taught swimming. I loved basketball. So I taught basketball. Um, and so, yeah, you know, was, I, I think I started, I think I signed up for my first yoga teacher training um, within, within three months of my, my first class. Um, and I think part of that was that, in that first experience I had that was very humbling, it was, it was so sweet, but I also, I also learned um, that there was a lot that I didn't know, and I, I learned that there was a lot that my teacher didn't know, and she, she had the, the like, um, uh, really the humility to, to be honest about that and, and be like, yo, there's a whole world of yoga out there, and like, we're doing something very limited in here. Um, and, and that was, that was such a great lesson, um, as a student and as a teacher, um, mm. because as you know, we're talking about 18, 19 years into this practice. Um, yeah, of course there's the things that I feel like super confident in my competency. Um, there's the things that I can just point out like, no, I'm not super strong there. I don't know about it, but then there's so much that I don't even know that I don't know. And to learn that lesson from, from my first teacher, um, who, who I never even really credited as my first teacher, you know, it was just the first yoga class I, I went to and, and it was mm -hmm. through the college. So I, I saw her every week for, for a few, a few months, I guess. Um, what was her name? Oh gosh. I, I don't think I remember. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No I, I know I don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't remember. I told you, I told you about it. She was the one that was doing, um, the yoga competitions. Got it. That's that's the best lesson I learned from her was go out and, and see what else is out there because I knew there was something a little off about the idea of yoga competitions to me and not yeah. not 
say that it's not right for others. When, when you say like it was limited, do you also mean that like it was so focused that it had a like a specific niche, if you will? Like, like you, you said that like what we're doing here is very limited. What, what, can you elaborate on that? What do you mean? Oh yeah, I mean she she really owned up to it. Um, she was like a very very new teacher. Um, Got it. I'm with and you. She, and she had only studied um, with Bikram. And she just landed a, a job with, um, with, I was at Arizona State University and she just, you know, saw a job opening and applied and got it. She, she wasn't, it, she wasn't a full-time yoga teacher. It wasn't like her, her life. It was just, you know. Um, That's so cool that you found yoga in a university and, you know, y- years would go and then, you know, your journey into finding your teacher, like, what was that like when you were like, okay, I'm going to keep taking these practices. I'm just going to go to public classes, you know, at the university and bop around here, there, and just take some classes. And then eventually you, you found a teacher. Like, what was that journey like for you? I asked that because and I'd like for you to elaborate on this because speaking for myself, I had always, I always wanted, you know, my teacher to come into my life. And, and I, I was taking classes here in Boulder and going from one teacher to teacher. And they've been teaching, you know, years longer than I had at that point. Yet I just knew I was like, that person's not necessarily my teacher. There's something that, that they have to teach us. Yes. Me. And also where's my teacher. You, you got me. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that was a long long journey that was like a, a 10 year 10 year journey until I, I found um johnny kest who who i most often refer to as my teacher um but before that i you know i, I just had kept a really open mind um when so i think it was my second year in college that i started practicing yoga and still at that time i only went to school on mondays and tuesdays i had like manipulated my schedule so i was just two days a week and then I would travel the rest of the time. So it gave me an opportunity to get to different States surrounding California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and, and try some other different styles of yoga and, and studios that were offered, but more time in um, just kind of like following leads. Like I would like meet a friend who, who had some other friends that did this style of yoga and I'd just go kind of crash for a little bit. Um, and, and that brought me to Mexico, New Mexico, upstate New York. Uh, actually, one of the coolest places that it brought me to was, was right before I met Johnny um, was, was Yogaville or Satchitananda Ashram. Here, I'm, I'm in D.C., so right, right down the road in Virginia, like a couple, maybe two and a half hours from here. Mm. And I went there on this, like, living yoga training program. So I had, you know, I had done a number of um, teacher trainings, like 200 hours and, and, and a few 200 hour trainings, a few 100 hour trainings, some apprenticeships. Um, and then I saw this opportunity to go potentially like work on this farm at Yogaville. And it was like, I get to go grow and grow. And this could be like the greatest thing ever. Um, and that was that was shortly after my father had passed away. So that was a really, really powerful experience for me because that's a very sacred space up there. I don't know if you've been before, but um, the the copy of the Yoga Sutras that I've had with me for over 15 years is, is the copy um, interpreted by Swami Satchidananda. And, and he was just such a brilliant, brilliant presence and teacher. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I kind of got to travel around a lot and, and, and see yoga from a lot of different perspectives. Um, along that way, I, I did, I, I got to study with some masters of, of Kundalini, of Ashtanga yoga, of Vinyasa yoga, of Yin yoga, um, of, of, uh, integral yoga, Swami Satchitananda's yoga, um, yeah, and, and it was really sweet. And then and then I met Johnny, who, I, gosh. So I, I met Johnny before I turned 30. I'm 30, I'll be 38 this year. Um, and I, I think I, I had just felt throughout that time, that like 10-year period, um, just moments of absolute certainty and sureness. Like I know who I am, I know what I'm doing. And then the complete polar opposite of that. <laughs> what the heck am I doing? Like, um, and, and at that time, I had also, like I mentioned, my father died. And around that same time, I stopped teaching. I used to be a school teacher. Um, I had gotten out of a seven-year relationship. And they were all kind of happening at the same time. So it was this, like, really um, challenging period, but, but so super fertile ground. Um, Can I pause you right there? Because your father had passed. My gosh, so many condolences. And you ended this seven-year relationship. I feel that those who are listening can relate, maybe not to those two things specifically, and possibly they can because everything is ever in transition and changing and breakups just suck. Like, you know, a they just suck and, and death is a part of our life. And what you just said, the soil was so fertile. I just want to pause you in the story of, of, you know, of, of, of Kess becoming and, and you realizing him as your teacher, because there's so much right there that I'd love for you, for us to like, just extract out of the soil was fertile. And how did like, what, how, how is yoga, the water, for your life becoming fertile soil in that space? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think the first thing that I, that I noticed from yoga back, back when that accident happened, um, I, I, I was enjoying my meditation practice, but, but the physical yoga practice that I was doing, like I said, that, that teacher was, um, a Bikram person. So she was re- it was all about physical. There was nothing, nothing else we were being taught in that class. So, so physically I, I started to recover like much quicker than the doctors had said and, and, and that I had expected. So physically I knew that I could turn to yoga to, to feel good in my body, to feel more in my body and to have a better understanding of how to control my body. Um, you know, when, when we talk about yoga, um, there's really only only one one sutra that mentions like the the physical practice really, and it's stira sukha masanam. But but I don't think that's really just alluding to one style. It's not just alluding to the physical, even though it mentions it. Stira sukha masanam is is we embrace um, you know for each asana, for each posture, for each circumstance, we meet it with the balance of stira sukham of strength and ease, of stability and suppleness power and softness. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's 
it would be so short-sighted to look at any of these yoga sutras to just apply to one thing, whether it's physically or mentally or emotionally or spiritually. I think it's, you know, yoga is this full life practice. So it's all these things on all those levels. Um, so, so for me, I, 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 you know, could start to live a little more on purpose. Um, and, you know, in order to understand how that, that ground 10 years down the road was very fertile. Um, I, I think it, it, we do have to look back at like where it started because where it started, I, I, I was at, um, we've talked about before, I had dealt with some sexual abuse as a child um, and that manifested into, I think the depression was already there, but it definitely didn't help, but it manifested into some serious like lack of self-love issues and and addictions and, and eating disorders and, and, and a few other really unpleasant things to, to carry around for decades. Um, and so yoga, I think, when I, when I started to really practice and have those like really humbling experiences on my yoga mat, just with myself, um, some of, some of those walls that had been built up for a lifetime started to, started to crumble. Um, and, and, and I didn't feel like I had to have some facade up around who I was because in, in all of that, I, you know, felt like I had to be, tougher or, or something that I wasn't um, because I, I felt so small um, and I felt like I don't know how much like consciousness was around this, but, but I wasn't good enough mm. and um, for anything good enough, smart enough, anything enough. Right. And, uh, and when yoga came around, I, I think when it came into my life, it, it started, it took the, the facade of, I don't give a fuck and made it into, I'm really okay with like who I am. Mm. Like instead of having this tough, like reactive, combative defensiveness, it was just like, oh, right on. And, and if, if this doesn't work for you, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think when yoga had come in, <clears throat> pardon me, I think I started to have a new understanding of compassion for myself. And I think compassion only comes once we've started to feel and understand more. We can only have true compassion with true understanding. And I think when yoga came in physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I started to get a deeper understanding on all those levels. So um, as the walls came down and then I have these tragedies of losing my father and ending this relationship and my career shift, um, how could it, how could it not be fertile ground? Cause the walls were gone. The facades were gone. I was just this like raw mess. Um, but, but I think, you know, we, it, when we get to that point, when we're, when we're real low, because um, I was very, very low at that point. And I had still been practicing yoga for 10 years, but obviously during that time, some, some things fall off and the practice isn't as strong. Um, but I, but I think I was just left with, there's not a whole lot farther down to go. Um, and so now it's either, it, you know, you either, you either fall off or, or you pick yourself back up. And, and so that seemed like the most fertile ground. Um, and then I think as I started to make choices, because, it, you know, some, sometime right before I met Johnny, 
um, I was sitting with a friend and, and he was like, look, you're, you're a teacher, you're a writer and you're a yoga teacher. And, and you're pretty good at all of those. You have to choose one and be great at that. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think that I, I knew I was aware of how much healing I needed. Mm. So I, I picked the one that was going to help me heal the most at the time. And so it was very selfish. Um, it, was, it was a selfish move to retain my peace and, and my ability for compassion. And I think once I made that choice, once I was very clear with myself and I was going to put aside my other projects um, and focus on that, just all the, all the doors started opening. And, and within like a couple months of that decision, I got a phone call, um, this like director of yoga for this big company I was working for was like, Hey, we want you to go spend a month out here. We'll pay for your hotel, your accommodations, but we really think you should meet this guy. And I think there were like 150 people waiting in this jam packed studio. It was like a hundred degrees. I had never even done hot yoga at all. And I'm like, I walk in and I'm like, Oh my God, what did I just get myself into? And this like guy, a little, a little smaller than me with a shaved head just walks in and the whole crowd is like moved like a wave. Like it was the strangest thing. And he just made eye contact with me. And, and it was just like at that very moment that I felt very welcomed, um, into what he was sharing. And, uh, and that was the beginning of my relationship with my teacher. I think, uh, yeah, from there we, we became good friends and, and he's, He's uh, held me accountable a number of times where I needed it and, uh, and also showed me his, his very human side as well. So I felt very blessed to have that relationship and to continue to learn from him. Yeah, I really, I really love the story, Jesse, you know, especially from being able to see how your teacher has held you accountable to your own actions or, you know, lifting the veil from what we can't see about ourselves, you know, some, you know, just from the teacher standpoint and the yoga asana, it's kind of hard to see yourself in time and space. And so be able to have a teacher to verbally, physically, visually adjust with our, our words, you know, our directions to get the shape of the body into the right position for the student also so is as our, our, our life. You know, sometimes we can't see ourselves and <laughs> it's amazing that, that your teacher has, you know, not called you out, but called you in. And, and, and I get that because Eddie Modestini is the same for me and has been the last four years. And I, I, I just love hearing that about your journey, Jesse. Um, yeah, man. So, you know, you, you also said something that um, I want, I'd love to navigate a little bit. You said something about how your yoga has like helped you notice your reactions, the reactivity that exists within. And, you know, when we get triggered, um, when we're challenged, when we're frustrated and pissed off at someone else, um, you know, so, so interesting. And, and I'm just curious, like, how do you feel like, how do you use yoga to notice your reaction? Well, I think, <laughs> I think it starts before that. I think it starts before the reaction. Um, we, we use our yoga. I think it's the third or maybe, maybe the fourth yoga sutra that talks about, um, 
really becoming like an analyst um, for our every thought. Um, so the, the short and, and cheap answer is I don't think I'm terribly reactive. <laughs> um, but, but the truer answer where, where there's been work done and, and, um, and continues to be done is, is that we do, we, we have to continue. There's, there's three like guiding principles, um, that I always share with my students um, the first one's based on the first yoga sutra, uh, mm. that, you know, it, it's very, it's, it says it very plainly, the exposition of yoga begins or yoga is now. Um, but if you've ever checked out the heartfelt sutras, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but it, it says it really sweetly. We embrace the sacred study of yoga with humility. And when we talk about yoga, I mean, you know, as well as all of us, like yoga is this whole life encompassing practice, um, so it's really the sacred study of life begins with humility and, and without any judgment, no room for us to judge ourselves or each other. Um, so that's the first rule. If, if we're meeting all of our thoughts and all of our circumstances with that, um, and that doesn't mean that that's like an easy thing. That's a continued thing that we have to come back to. Um, second one, I, I based on the second yoga sutra, yoga chitta, vritti naroda. Um, purpose of yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of our consciousness. And that's not to be like, I mean, it's saying to be non-reactive, but it's not to just be like calm and mellow. It's, it's that when, when, when the fluctuations are calm, then, then we can see things more clearly and feel things more clearly and start to understand things more clearly and, and then meet those things with compassion. Um, and then the third one is the sutra I already shared, Stira Sukhamasana. Once we've, once we've settled the mind, we can really navigate with intentional grace. So yoga is, uh, is where all those ideas come from for me and, and how I, you know, will continue to try to at least meet all of my circumstances. Mm. I love it, man. You know, I, I love hearing that you're like, you know, I'm, I don't really feel like that much of a reactive person. And for me, I feel like I go through waves. You know, there's times where I feel like a peaceful Yogi Buddha and just like Shiva sitting on my own mountain of life. And then there are other times where I am like King Kalima and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and you know, the, I think the, the beauty of it is having the awareness where even I wouldn't even say the other day. It seems like, oh, wow, that was yesterday. And I actually know that it was around seven, eight months ago. And I remember saying, I'm extremely triggered right now and I'm going to raise my voice very loudly. <laughs> and and I, was, I was deeply triggered. I named the experience. I said, I'm going to raise my voice. Brace yourself. I'm pissed. And I'm going to express it. And, uh, and uh, you know... I, what in the, the difference of is that a reaction? Is that a response? And utilizing the gift of the Yoga Sutras to help us know when and where we are being reactive, because you know many of us are reactive, and we see reactions in the world. You know, driving our cars, I people, other people experiencing road rage, and 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 you know all the things. So on Instagram, on our social media, we can witness people's reactions. Yep, yep. And that's that's our job as, as the yoga analysts, right? Like we, we get to analyst. I like you know, that. Be, be very intentional with how we're acknowledging things like 
on this, if, if we're looking at yoga or life as a scale on this side, all the greatest things that change our daily lives for the better, like actually literally change our daily lives for the better. And on this side, the things that actually change our daily lives for the worse. And if, I mean, if we're to really be honest with ourselves and sit here and think about it, like what's actually changing our daily lives, maybe you get a handful of things on each side, you know, falling in love, getting your dream job, being independent in your home. Um, I don't know, having a baby, it's a small handful. And on this side, you know, death, disease, loss, disorder, uh, mm. abuse. And, and that's a small handful too. And, and so everything else, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying completely disregard it, but, you know, have a relationship with it. But these things that actually tilt the scale um, will definitely deem more of a reaction, but, but they're also the bigger things that we need to have a deeper relationship with all the things like in traffic, traffic is one of the things that definitely, <laughs> definitely um, would make me more reactive for sure. Because uh, I think I'm such a great driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everybody thinks they're a great driver, but I'm like a great driver. And so yeah, I get <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of my best friends many years ago, I was like, I'm late. I'm in, I'm in traffic. I'm like, right? Urgh, I'm going to be late. And he was like, bro. Can I offer something to you? And I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast, but it's, it's always a good thing to say. And I love sharing it with more and more people. He was like, here's a perspective. You are participating in traffic right now. And you are no more or less important than anyone else in traffic right now. And we're all trying to get to where we're going. Just know that you are participating in traffic right now. And I, I love that perspective. Yeah. yeah. So I try to not participate in traffic. Like if there's a 25 minute like backup, I'll go two hours out of the way just to avoid traffic. I feel you. But I, I appreciate the scenic route. I mean, you live in Colorado, you get that. I do. I do. I love that. Um, you know, just to switch topics a little bit, you know, just kind of segue, you know, Jesse, what is it that yoga teaches you? on a daily basis right now? Oh, yeah. This, this actually came up. Sorry, this light is actually really bright. And no worries. Yeah, so, so this, this comes up. Um, one of the things that, that I continue to, to learn from this practice is, is that we never start at the end. So if we fall off of something and we need to pick ourselves back up, we don't pick ourselves up where we left off. We, we start at the beginning and, and create a strong foundation again. Um, and, and so that's a, a continuous lesson. Um, and it all starts with our breath. Everything we do, the beginning of the answer to every question we have is, is our breath. It doesn't mean it's the whole answer, but... It's our most essential human need. So it's our foundation for each thought, word, and action. Um, my opinion. <laughs> uh, secondly, some, something that I definitely noticed is in, in teaching teacher trainings, because you know most of what I'm doing right now is just one-on-one -on -one teacher trainings. I have a number of students who are at different levels or not different levels, just at a different pace 
and a different part of the training and, and just, you know, experience each piece of it differently. And I think sometimes, <laughs> uh, I think sometimes I kind of will have an idea and, and it'll have just come to me and, and I'll really push it. Like, like now I, this is something I, I've discovered and I believe in it. And I'm like pushing this as like, this is the way it needs to be done. Um, which, which already maybe there's some red flags there. Um, but, uh, but I also can't expect somebody or any of my students to, to believe or jump on board the same way with an idea that, that I've just come to, that I've spent 37 years coming to. Um, so if I have this idea, like the other day, I, I taught a class, I taught this workshop, and, and one of the main themes of the workshop was that love is not fragile. Um, the workshop was great, it was beautiful, it was so good to see these students from a safe distance, it was outside. <laughs> um, but afterwards, later in the evening, and I kind of wish this had come up during the workshop, uh, one of the students was like, sent me a message and, and really beautiful stuff, and then was like, but, I don't agree with your point. Mm. I've never been loved like that before. Mm. And, and so for me, I almost got defensive. I was like, well, what kind of love do you think I've experienced before? And then I was like, wait, that, that's exactly why love isn't fragile. Take a moment. Um, and so, so we got to have this really sweet conversation about, about what I really meant by love is not fragile and how, how true love in, in, in my definition of what love is, is not a fragile thing. It might change. Everything changes. Like the love of a mother for her son when he's being in the womb mm-hmm. to when he's born to when he's uh, going through puberty to when he's graduating college, when he's having his own kids. Um, you know, that, that love changes, but it's not fragile. True love is not fragile. And, and I think Mm. the lesson that I keep learning is not only that love is not fragile, but (laughs) this, I have this really wonderful responsibility as a teacher, um, to show up, um, with integrity from a place of peace and compassion and, and, you know, confidence in my competency, um, but, but humility and love and, and gratitude. And even when there's something that I believe so strongly to be true, it's never as simple as that. And, and I still need to be able to share um, not just my idea, not just my perspective, but, but from all the perspectives, how to, how to get a point across to my students. Um, so I think yoga, again, just continues to, to help give me these like humbling experiences. Um, kind of checks me when, when I need to be checked. Yeah. And that's what's so great. You know, that's why I think we both really value our relationship with our, with our teachers. Because, um, you know, we get the same thing from yoga, but it's nice to have a, a mentor, a role model that, that we, we maybe 
don't have to find out the hard way and they just call us on our stuff like you said yeah i agree and you know i i love having mentors and coaches and and guides wisdom guides on the path you know and for me, I've got I've got a yoga teacher mentor, Eddie Modestini, and you know I also have the 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 beautiful mentorship in in business, like a business coach mentor who's been doing what I've been doing longer in the world of entrepreneurship, and you know then there are those who you know are studying massage and they have their massage teacher and, and they're constantly in the realm of self development, and I, and I, I do agree with you, I love it where it's like there is the value to integrate true self-inquiry from our practice of yoga and putting time in on the mat in stillness inside going inside and then you know to visit our teachers and then you know for those who who don't have the teacher yet it's like man keep doing your practice and and keep putting that thought out into the universe because i'm a believer that if we think it if the imagination is curating this vision this dream this idea it is not only happening on the quantum timeline of life timeline of life and also it's it's on its way be here now and and keep believing that your thoughts are real your imagination but then also don't believe some of your thoughts <laughs> well, you know, also we're, we're always, we've got this great responsibility to, to be our own best teachers too. Um, but I, I think like we, we had talked about one of the sutras, um, like practice is, is really divide, uh, defined by like effort in, in calming the mind, I think. And, and, and what was it? What's that sutra? It's, uh, like our practices defined by the effort of, of studying the mind and practice is only effective when well attended to um, at length with earnest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we all have that power to be our own best teachers, um, but only when we're showing up for ourselves and how we do anything is how we do everything. So oh. it's not just about how we're, practicing the yoga on the mat, but how are we taking all of these ideas, not just on the mat, but on, on, in the shower and on the walk down the street to the grocery store. And when we mm-hmm. pass strangers on the sidewalk. Right. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it, man. So you know, I got a couple more questions um, before we go into the deeper segue of like what you've been up to lately, which oh. I think is way cool. I'd love for you to answer this. What is yoga to you? Oh. Yes, yoking. I get that. We, you know, we, we hear that. But like, what is yoga to I, you? I also just don't want to be too redundant because um, right. I've probably talked a lot already. Um, my Angelou said, when, when you get, give. When you learn, teach. Um, mm. And I think that's yoga. And I, I think... That's that's what we've we've been blessed with. Um, I mean, and and you know, going back to how you opened, talking about the Grateful Dead. Um, you know, the whole the whole reason my business is called the Grateful Yoga isn't isn't because of the Grateful Dead. It's that growing up, I was a deadhead. My uncle toured and gave me tapes and got me into the Dead when I was in like elementary school. 
Um, but what I found in yoga and the dead were these two incredibly proactive communities of free thinkers, of people that wanted to explore beyond themselves, but also were so loving and compassionate and supportive of each other. And it was, it, it really, I saw true community. And those were like identical parallels um, from these two supposed different worlds. You know, you have this like counterculture um, and then you have the yoga, another counterculture. Um, and essentially it, it was just the most inspiring thing in the world uh, to, to have this thing that I had loved my whole life be like married um, to this new thing that was helping me begin my life in, in, in a more earnest and authentic way. Mm. Beautiful. And, you know, as of what you've shared with me as of late, you know, you're doing these teacher trainings and you have a unique approach and I love it. And I'd love for you to share how your approach is with your teacher trainings and yeah, how, how you go about it. Yeah. So uh, these days um, I'm just doing one-on-one yoga teacher trainings. Some, some of them have been partially in person, but things have shifted a lot because of COVID. Uh, before before COVID, I had a yoga studio. When that came around, I, I made the decision to close it. Um, and it was a really great decision because this has dragged on so long and, and I think we saved ourselves a lot of headache there. Um, but this has allowed me to really feel, I've always kind of like fancied myself a bit of a traditionalist. And so this allowed me to teach yoga the way that I, I believe it was always shared um, historically, one, one teacher, one student. Um, and I, I had been leading teacher trainings for many years, and I've been doing one-on-one teacher trainings like I do one a year um, over the last few years. But now I've, I've got five current students. Um, and it's just really, really special to, to have that one-on-one experience. I think, I think what's neat about it is we're, we all learn so differently. And so, you know, when, you, when you're in a group training, it's very easy, just like in school, it's very easy to like pass through, through any grade, any class. You can, it's easy to get a B or a C or a passing grade. Um, but typically, you know, if, if you want to get an A, you have to, you know, really show up for every class. You have to study, you have to do your homework, you have to turn in your assignments on time. And, and I think with the one-on-one training, there's not like a whole lot of wiggle room. There's not like, well, I can just skate by and, and do the bare minimum. Instead, like I, I just get to meet people where they're at um, and they get to meet themselves where they're at and start to have a more honest relationship with themselves and, and how they're showing up. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it's been really cool. I think one of the things that I've noticed with these trainings is when when I do graduate students, they, they, because of that, like one-on-one relationship, I feel like I've, I've learned so much from them. Um, and they've, they, we don't finish until they're actually like really ready to go out into the world confident in their competency. Um, and, 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 and it shows, you know, the, the teachers that have graduated on a one-on-one training of just like, it's as if they had been teaching for years. Um, 
and that just shows it shows a little differently than than the group trainings that I've seen over the years um but it's it's just a special bond it's a special special relationship and uh I, I'm really, really grateful to be able to do it and, and preserve this tradition and mm. just share what I believe in. It's, mm. a, it's such a simple life. Yeah, man. I love that. I love it so much. I, I love your approach. I think that it, it, it is humble. It's sweet. It does cultivate a certain intensity of the container, you know, um, when your students are coming back and they're committed long-term to move through this journey of entering a, to be able to learn how to teach people, which also comes from learning how to teach themselves through you teaching them and them again, teaching themselves. And um, yeah, man, I, I just think it's a, it's a wonderful approach and I, I love, I love it. So it's way cool that, you've got five of these students and that you've, you've supported a lot of people and that you also have been through the journey of being a yoga studio owner and COVID hitting. And, you know, I know you sharing with me that it was one of the biggest blessings that the studio closed down, you know, and, and, and here you are now and, and everything is right where it ought to be. So I think it's awesome, man. That's the truth, man. Like, you know, it, there's no taking away from, from the suffering and, and the challenge of, of this time. Um, but at the same time, I never had, had the time or space to do the introspection and reflection and healing and dealing with the, the lifetime of trauma that, that I didn't even know that I needed to do because I thought that I had. And, and what I learned and that was that the healing I had done was very superficial. And then getting this time, um, uh, unfortunately, because the business closed and, and COVID was happening, was, was the greatest time for, for me to actually to sit with all that stuff and, and develop a, a true relationship of understanding. That's what yoga is. It's this... It's like Johnny says, yoga is another word for a relationship. And, and it's a relationship of of understanding and compassion and empathy. And, and that starts with ourselves. It's the only way it can. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was very, very grateful for that, for that time and, and the shift that, that I had to make because of it. Um, it's, it's a special thing. You know, we, I, I think we kind of have a choice that each step we take can, can be the greatest step we take. Um, mm. Each moment can be the greatest moment. It's the only moment. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm so stoked, so so grateful to have had that time and to be healing and growing and, and just continuing. Um, I think these are like ongoing life practices of, of healing and growing, mm-hmm. and uh, oh. yeah, it's it's so special. It's beautiful. Beautiful, man. It is. It is very special. I'm grateful to be here with you as well, man. And as we as we do come to a wrap up here, you know, where, where can people find you? Uh, find me on Instagram at the Grateful Yoga, like the Grateful Dead. Grateful yoga, the Grateful Yoga. I love it. Well, man, I'm excited to get this episode out to the world and to all of those who are listening. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in with Jesse and myself, Alec. I'm Alec Love Life Yoga on the gram. 
feel free to send a message. It's been so nice to just be connecting more with, with some of my followers and some of our yoga revealed followers and developing relationships and connections. Cause that's the point. I think there's such a beauty to the social media world and creating not only, um, a, a, a sense of a, a, a portal, a funnel for, for people to come together. Also, though, for there to be more impact through how we utilize the internet, how we share social media, how we share our gifts and our dreams and extract our genius into the world. And for those yogis that are here, your practice is important and we need you more than ever, every single day get present, stay present, be in the heart. Um, one thing I will share, I think just because I, I see this in you, Jesse, um, today my teacher was saying how when the mind and the heart fall into alignment with each other, it creates this certain level of coherence. And in that space of heart-mind coherence, this experience emerges from the fabric of our being and it is that of contentment it it is that of santosha and i see that emanate through how you hold yourself in the world at least from my external view i see that in you wow thank you yeah brother and then that'll just let me leave you with love is not fragile Mm. all right my friends namaste many blessings my friends thank you for listening go check out jesse at the grateful yoga on ig and give him a follow and definitely let him know what you thought about this conversation on yoga revealed i know that he would love to hear from you And do us a solid and please, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes with some sweet love and omen words. It means so much and helps us get our podcast out. And if you dig this episode or any other episode, hey, share it on on Instagram, Yoga Revealed, and tag Alec Love Life Yoga, tag Andrew Seven Sealy, tag Yoga Revealed so we can share your post and let us know what you think. The past few months have been filled with so much growth in my own personal practice, interviewing new teachers in season four, sharing these episodes, and diving deeper into the art of serving others through the vision of health and wellness. If you're inspired to add a modality of health, healing, and creating sustainable income while working from home, please reach out directly to me over Instagram, Alec Love Life Yoga. I've been working with my superfood company, Purium, for the past four years, and I've helped over 4,000 people create new pathways of saucha cleanliness in their own food systems as many of us seek high and safe quality nutritional food support. We also have mentorship programs that are focused on self-development. And it's been so cool to be able to share Purium with many Yoga Revealed listeners. This is the call to you if you're ready. So many of our online friends are creating ways to develop income through integrity and creating their own gifts and offerings to the world. And we believe that the impact 
that we serve is directly reflected to our income, coming from the ethical entrepreneurial perspective. Once upon a time, I used to teach a lot. And here I am now being able to teach from a passionate place while serving Purium health, wellness, and wealth wellness. I'm so grateful to share this platform of Yoga Revealed and highlight the yogis that are walking a path of love, light, and yoga. Sending you so much love from Boulder, Colorado. Look forward to connecting with you. Namaste. Aloha. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.